Morning of Medical presents Dr. G at the Heart of Healthcare. The mission of our podcast is to educate and empower, helping people see what's needed to navigate the healthcare system. In three parts, you will enjoy a story, the theme of the show, you will be educated with a teaching point, and you will be empowered with a valuable resource. Hello, welcome to Dr. G at the Heart of Healthcare. We have a bonus episode for Father's Day, and I have a special guest here, Dr. Revo Robinson. And whoever goes to social media or our website and tells me how we're related, you get a special gift. So we'll just leave it at that. Hello, Reva. Hello, Dr. K. (laughs) (laughs) Nice to have you here. Thank you for joining me. I decided to do a bonus episode for Father's Day. I did Mother's Day, you know, for those like you also you know you lost your mother uh and I was just thinking today while I was doing some yard work why am I not doing a father's day when I I can't forget about my my people out there who you know might want a bonus episode so here we are thank you for coming on the spot oh you're welcome and thank you for showing up for the people who need you most as you are filling in the void where I mean it's just like we were saying just a few moments ago in medicine, they just kind of throw you out there to the wolves to figure out how to have these hard conversations and to meet people in their darkest moments. And mm-hmm. we need more people like you to help us navigate the way. So you're an angel. Okay, well, <laughs> let's jump in. So the reason I wanted to do this episode is because um, obviously it's Father's Day, but one of the hospice groups I belong to, um, a person shared an anonymous post about grief. And so I'm going to go ahead and read it for the listeners so they know what it is. And then we'll just talk about it. Um, but first, I want to share my poem that I'm kind of obsessed with about grief. Um, I shared it for the Mother's Day special live with Chase Stone. And I also shared it when I talked about the chaplain as the core member of the interdisciplinary team. Uh, But it's something one of my chaplains shared talking about grief and it's by a person named Denise Liebertov. It's called Talking to Grief. And it says, well, it goes, ah, grief. I should not treat you like a homeless dog who comes to the back door for a crust, for a meatless bone. I should trust you. I should coax you into the house and give you your own corner a warm mat to lie on, your own water dish. You think I don't know you've been living under my porch? You long for your real place to be ready before winter comes. You need your name, your collar, your tag. You need the right to warn off intruders, to consider my house your own and me your person, and you yourself my own dog. Isn't that something? That like literally I just felt chills running up my body because that's so important to give space, to give name, to acknowledge grief as, I mean, I, I found grief to be such a gift in so many ways in this process. So thank you for sharing it and continuing to share it. 
Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so this anonymous post, it, it, it's my pleasure. You know, I want to have these conversations and, and just have it there for folks. So this post by an anonymous member of a hospice group, she said, quote, grief, period. What's normal? My mom passed away less than a year ago from GBM at the age of 67. That's a brain tumor for, for people listening. She and my dad have been married for 40 years. My dad is almost 70 and has been dating, parentheses, started a month or two after my mom passed, parentheses, parentheses. I've been fairly supportive. I don't ask questions, but will listen if he wants to tell me about a date. I'm going to visit him and spread my mom's ashes next week. I've told him I don't want to meet his girlfriend. He acted upset and said, I hope you never have to be alone. I've never been in his shoes, don't know how I'd handle it, but I'm not ready to pretend to be civil to a woman I don't care to know right now when my only mother is gone and we haven't even spread her ashes yet. Someone tell me what's going on in his head. Am I wrong? And I just felt so much compassion for her and, and I know you have a similar situation. So I wanted to bring you on just to give voice to the dynamic that she laid out because she seems to have everything identified and have insights to all of it. So go ahead. Yes, so I have so much empathy for this writer and her question, am I wrong? And there's no right or wrong way to feel. All feelings are valid. So whatever she's feeling, I think it's beautiful that she's opening this up and releasing it and making herself available to the support that's out there. Because, you know, we can only be responsible for our own thoughts. So we want to, like, in my personal situation, yeah, when, my, when I first found out my dad was dating and there were some interesting situations that came up, like there was a definite kind of fight reflex that came up because you know in the time um after my mom's passing you know I could see how much of a gap there was and my dad you know he had a wonderful wife of 40 years who took care of so many things for him and then to see him alone and see him struggling as a daughter who's always sought to take care of people to be the peacekeeper to be the nurturer that was the role that I decided to take up. And it was, wasn't like he asked me to do that. It was just part of the responsibility that I felt as a daughter. And that's challenging because it's not necessarily our role to be that person to be the gatekeeper for new relationships. But I think you know, depending on the dynamics of the kind of relationship you have, I think it's important to have those conversations with your father. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't even know where to begin, like, I don't want to meet this woman, like, just be as open as possible with your father sharing, like, this is how I'm feeling, like, I'm still deep in the grieving process, and I can't meet you where you are, but I support you and filling that part of your heart that needs to be tended to and nurtured. Because for me, there was 
you know, there was a lot of background stuff we won't get into, but it was really challenging because of a lack of communication for me to just dive into this new relationship when my dad did eventually find his new life partner. It was a jarring experience for me. And so while those emotions were very tumultuous, at the core of it, I simply want my dad to be happy. And of course, I don't want him to be lonely because Keishana, Dr. Keishana will share how loneliness is such a major risk factor for you know all cause all cause mortality and um, seniors. So we never want to leave people in that space feeling alone. But I struggled. It was it was not easy for me. <laughs> As, I mean, I don't know how many years it is to say that it's okay to feel like all right, you can go on a date, but a year is yeah. still very fresh. So, yeah. you know, just being able to share with your father that, you know, this is painful for me and I support you and I love you and I'm not ready to dive into this with you, but go on and do your thing. I think that the, not I don't want to say what's best or what's right versus what's wrong, but I think in all situations when we're dealing with family, just showing up and love is the best thing that we can do. Yeah, yeah. And it's, there's no emotion that's, that's higher, you know, in the hierarchy, um, no relationship more important. It's like you said, showing up in love. And when we understand all the dynamics, and I think when we respect where each person is, then we can go forward, you know, without ruining the relationship in the meantime, uh, like so many families do, you know, that I see in my work um, and never repair them. But it's again, recognizing all the dynamics. And then you, you know, you have this new stranger, right? Another layer of dynamic. And then that person may feel something, but we hope that that person can have a little bit of grace for the family they're entering. And so that's a whole right. different conversation. But back to the seniors and loneliness, I am gonna um, put up an article about loneliness with seniors. And, and like you said, um, actually I was joking with my interdisciplinary team the other day. Um, I told, told this guy, uh, the home health aid, happy home health aid week, by the way. Um, married men live longer that's why they get married right away and women don't get married right away and he's like no the man just dies because they don't want to live with the woman anymore. <laughs> i probably shouldn't say that we, we we joke we probably have some jokes in healthcare that we shouldn't say but we were just kind of joking amongst ourselves before we started our meeting but yeah, seniors can get lonely. Imagine being, you know, married to somebody for 40 years, but I'm only 26 years in. You're about, how many years are you in? Seven. Seven, you know, it's like you're you're with that person. We're, we're not necessarily thinking about like living without them, but one day something's going to happen. And mm -hmm. so um, it's, it's, you know, then what? So um, yeah, so we, we, support our dads, um, who, those of us who have dads who are still living, not living, you know, doing whatever they're doing. And uh, I just thought it was important to give space to the daughters. So you're representing those daughters today who have relationships with their dads. Do you have any special plans for Father's Day tomorrow? 
Oh, well, um, with my future father husband, <laughs> that's a title that he recently said, like, yeah, I'm identifying more as a future father. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> like that. Oh. Identify it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to go out and do Barry's boot camp and exercise class and try to catch up with our dad later on. Um, but, you know, our, dad, our dad's always on the move. So who knows where in the world he may be. But yeah, yeah. Um, we really we really cherish the times that we can get on FaceTime and just catch up and send each other love and have a little virtual toast together. So we look yeah. forward to some special time with them. Yeah. Well, while I have you here, you know, I don't want to keep you too long. Um, do you have any type of uh, resources of your own books or anything that help you process grief in your mm. own journey? Yeah. So two things I would say. So I've had an incredible mentor. Uh, her name is Dr. Gladys Otto, and she wrote a book on loss called The Good Goodbye. Um, actually, it's well, I won't get up and grab it, but it's in one of my little um, shelves around the corner, but the good goodbye navigating uh, loss and life and love, I want to say the rest of the title goes. I'll but, find it and put a link in there in the show yeah, notes. I'll send, I'll send you the link because that was just like, oh, like a ointment to my wounded heart and the time mm. that was really fresh around losing my mom so mm. she went through a process of having to close down an entire university as mm. the um, president of the university so she is able to just draw the beautiful parallels of like saying goodbye whether it's in grief or a relationship or whatever a whole institution we can honor that process by going through this ritual she calls a good goodbye but mm -hmm. in the other lot on the other side of books and writing I myself am an author as well and I process emotion through writing so I always have journals I am always doing notes in my phone whenever something comes in so just so you never know when grief is going to show up at your doorstep might be hiding under the porch there like the dog for a while and then it peaks its head up and needs some attention. So my writing over the past couple years since losing mom has been very raw and very different. And it's been a process of me just like letting go of judgment for things having to look clean or a certain way because mm -hmm. grief will show up. Like we know the different stages of grief. We have anger, we have acceptance, like all these different things. So like in any given moment, I might surprise myself and what's coming out of me but I think it's been a beautiful parallel just to like how grief will just it will carry you through some parts of your life in ways that are it's just been magical for like we'd have to do a whole other podcast episode on how grief can show up in some really incredible ways if you're open to it because mm. we don't have to suppress it. And I think a lot mm. of our culture teaches us to, you know, oh, get over it, move forward. You know, we have a lot of coping mechanisms, but just holding space for it is sacred and can really give you some powerful tools. Oh, that is awesome. Well, thank you for joining. I hope um, this has been enriching to the listeners and I'm sure 
we will collaborate again on a summit or something in the future. We're not done. I love that. Thank you so much for having me here today. Relative. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dr. G signing out with Reva. Here is the second part of the bonus episode for Father's Day. And this time we have a son that's going to speak to us today. And this is someone special to Dr. G, my husband, Javelin Guidry. You want to say hi to the audience? Yes. Hi, community. Hi. It is wonderful to be a part of Dr. G's podcast. I'm excited to be here on this special Father's Day episode. Yes, and happy early Father's Day to you. Um, I made you a father three times, you know, with our amazing three adults. So I have to give myself a shout out. Happy Father's Day. Yes, thank you, thank you. Thank (laughs) you, you made me a father two sons and a daughter. Man. (laughs) All right. So yeah, well, everyone knows the mission of the podcast to educate and empower. And so you are a valuable resource. We're going to talk about, you know, Father's Day for those people who may have lost their father. And I'll just give the brief bullet points. Uh, My husband lost his father during the pandemic. And uh, he often says he lost his hero, loves his dad honors him in so many ways, um, you know, barbecuing and things like that. So, so many traditions, crawfish boils, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of sayings, cooking, and just, we have so many rich memories uh, that we share in our family. And obviously I carry his name, Gidry, Dr. G. And so I'm proud to, um, to carry his name. And so I wanted to have you on as a son, representing a son who doesn't have their father on Father's Day, just to um, just to shed some light on that. And, and for everyone listening, uh, you did have a hospice experience. Um, so maybe you could share with the listeners how you and your family came to choose hospice care. Because when I'm in my family, I'm trying to be a person. But how did you come to that decision? Yeah, so we uh, came to that decision um, when he was uh, diagnosed with cancer, and uh, it was a, a difficult time, and um, we didn't have a caregiver, it was family, you know, kind of chipping in, in terms of shifts and communities and so forth, and so just through that ride and um, some of the der- derogation of his health, and vitality really started to be on a roller coaster. But then once once it started to really go down, then um, you know we really had to make that decision that we needed help. And um, we had made a decision about chemo that, looking back, I would have done differently just because it took so much of his strength and his energy and vitality that we had worked so hard to build up that after the chemo, um, he got so weak and his will was weakened as well. And it it was just a challenge where we never got it to a point um, to where it was prior to the chemo. 
And hmm. so I think if, if we would have maybe gotten hospice sooner, uh, it would have given us some clarity on our decision-making and to be able to have the support to enjoy the time that we did have with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I recall he had cholangial carcinoma and it was a really, uh, you know, quick course. Um, how many rounds of chemo? I don't remember. How many rounds of chemo did he attempt? Do you remember? Was it one or two? Yeah, no, it was just one round of chemo. And uh, it, it was something that I think that he wanted to do because we wanted to do it. We wanted him to do it in order to try and extend the time we had with him. And, you know, looking back, you know, like I said, duration is less important than the quality that he brought each and every day that we can experience, you know, on that short amount of time, you know, because he was stage four. And so regardless, it was gonna be a limited amount of time. So yeah, he was stage four. And um, it was just one round of chemo. Yeah, okay. And I know we just celebrated his 75th birthday a couple of weeks ago. So he was 73 when he passed or 72, I believe. 72. Okay. 72. Okay, yeah. So um, thank you for sharing that. Um, you, you know, in, in my work, you know, families, you know, often want to, you know, know if they're making the right decision, if they should do it or not. Uh, what is it going to add? No one wants to feel like they're not doing everything for their loved one. So there's no wrong decision. I think at the end of the day, it's about, you know, shared decision making, making sure that the healthcare team is communicating everything to the family and the family understands everything and they're able to make an informed decision, you know, and I, I think you know, you and your brother did a great job, you know, just me looking and I'm not biased. I don't think I am. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I had a poem that I had shared um, about grief um, and it, it kind of personified grief as um, a dog. I don't want to read it again because then it'll be, you know, on the recording again, but tell us uh, how you work through your grief, um, you know, given that you lost your hero and, and maybe share something that you, you know, want, want the, the world to know about your father. Yeah, so the, the way I worked through my grief, um, and, and, it, and it, was a, it was a challenge because he was so much of, of my hero and who I looked up to um, and all that he did for our family. And so, you know, I really dove into writing. Um, that, that was a time where I um, wrote my, my book that, that I gave you know, to the world called Warrior Parent Playbook, utilizing sports to empower children to live in greatness. And so through writing um, really gave me a chance to you know, express myself, get feelings out and really honor him and his legacy um, because you know, a lot of what um, that was in the book came from my experiences of him being a parent to me. And, and so, you know, it was kind of me uh, memorializing him or making his legacy come to life by being able to create and share that with, with the world. And so, um, you know, that, that was a, 
you know, much needed time for me and, 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 and Dr. G, she was very helpful and kind of pushing me um, to be expressive because in, in no way was I a writer. However, I know from my experiences of, of, you know, being an athlete and being a parent and being a coach and going through that journey that I had something to share. So that was very therapeutic for me and, and um, helped me through that, that time of, of grief, as well as talking to my brother a lot and, and just sharing, you know, about our experiences and the feelings that we had, um, you know, with my dad and, and what, he, what he meant to us and what he continues to mean to us. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. So do you, uh, what kind of activities do you do to remember your dad um, for his birthday or holidays? Uh, you want to share some of those memories and traditions? Yeah, so some of my, my dad was from Louisiana, Southern Louisiana, Lafayette, and uh, he was one of 12. And so, you know, cooking, barbecuing was a big thing for him. And so uh, one of the things that that we do is, is, you know, either try to barbecue or my brother and I get together uh, like we did for his birthday. And, and you know, we may have a, a drink or something um, and just just share some stories about him. And then, you know, just talk about the legacy that we want to continue in pouring into our children. And, and, and I have a grandchild now and we have a grandchild. And so, you know, we want those values and those, those legacy, and those stories to continue on. Um, because he may physically not be here, but, you know, what he's instilled in us and experiences that we've had um, stay with us. And so, you know, we try to do that. One year we went shooting to the shooting range, um, you know, or, or horseback riding. So we try to do something that he loved to do or he talked about that he was never able to do. And so that's kind of the way that we uh, honor him, whether it be on his birthday or, um, on the, you know, day in which he, he passed on. Yeah. Well, there's a surprise planned for Father's Day. Um, so I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. So thank you for being my special guest today. Um, I will put your book in the show notes. Um, did you have any other tools or anything that you want to share with the audience before we let them go? If I can share one thing uh, with the audience is, you know, in, information or, or knowledge is power and really, um, you know, utilizing the knowledge that's shared, but to be honest and authentic with, you know, evaluating, you know, what is best for your loved one if you're going through, you know, a time of hospice or palliative care and to you know make sure that you're thinking about their best interests and your you know ability to honor that and enjoy the time that you do have and to even you know i, I wish i would have recorded more videos of his voice or conversation talking to you know my kids or asking him you know hey what would you want to say to you know your granddaughter on her wedding day you know things mm -hmm. like that when he still had life and still was cognitive to, you know, um, be able to share, you know, his views and his emotions and what he wanted to leave behind. So uh, I would say, you know, if you're at that stage, make the most of it, enjoy the time that you do have. And, and again, think of them first, um, instead of just yourself selfishly wanting them for a longer duration. Yeah. 
Hmm. Hearing you say that reminds me of the Lion King and that song that says he lives in you. So, all right, we'll just end on that. Thank you for joining us and happy Father's Day. All right, thank you. Happy Father's Day to all of the fathers out there. <laughs> what do you think about that poem? Yeah, I mean, that, that poem is, is interesting in that, um, you know, making grief be suppressed or as the poem said, I put under the house instead of giving grief space in your life. Um, I think it hinders you from being the fullest expression of you um, because there's a, there's a, a part of you that is being anchored or is being uh, hardened or is being um, confined or there's a stronghold that you haven't addressed that isn't giving, allowing for all of you to be expressed to the world. And mm. I feel like grief is a part of helping to shape us, um, that process of going through that, the awakening that we have when we are able to work through that grief about ourselves and about how we look externally about who we're grieving and what we take from that um, can really transform us to be a better version of ourselves. And so I believe that grief um, can be something when you sit in it and you, you know, face those emotions and you express those things that you maybe never even expressed, um, that there is, a, there is a blossoming of a better version of you that I believe will come out of that. And mm. it, it will be a, a, a maturity and... Um, uh, a more whole version of you that hmm. we shared with the world. Wow, wow. And we never forget about them, right? Because we have one of our quotes from our movie. Yes. Equalizer too. That's right, that's right. Yes. A wise woman once said that if you don't talk about somebody, by remembering- They die twice. They die twice. Yeah, we don't do that. So we remember our loved ones. All right. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. We'll end on that. All right. Please visit our website, morningdovemedical.com, or any of our social media platforms to ask questions and make requests for future shows. Spread the word by sharing episodes and let's make the culture hospice friendly. Our podcast can be enjoyed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Bullhorn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Please subscribe and share. Peace.